she's a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. It was Barbie Day here. It was Camp Day. Live from Barclays Center, Jackie Powell and I here to talk Liberty and wins and Barbie. Locked on women's basketball starts now. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdal. Delighted that you have made us your first listen once again today. You guys keep showing out, and we're delighted to have you with us. Make sure if you're just listening for the first time, you subscribe either at YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, it is not just me. Delightfully, there are wonderful people like Jackie Powell, Natalie Heverin, who host as well, the great Missy Heydrich on the collegiate side. So make sure you're subscribing over at the next to everything we do, over 100 reported pieces every single month, $9 a month, $72 a year, thenexthoops.com. It is the women's basketball publication of your dreams. And Jackie Powell, here we are on what can only be described as a remarkable day. We're going to talk about this 98-88 win for the Dallas Wings, what it means for the Liberty going forward in segment one, what it means for the Dallas Wings going forward in segment two. You had the chance to talk to Sandy Brondello and the Liberty. I spoke to Latricia Trammell, Tierra McCowan, and, of course, the Dallas Wings. But first, and really important here, talk to me about the biggest highlights out of this Barbie Day, as it was designated. Do I have that right? Was it Barbie Day here at uh, Barclays Center? I mean, in addition to it being Camp Day as well. Wow, that is um, always exciting. Yeah, I mean, the, the Liberty announced a, a partnership. So they partnered with Xbox last year mm-hmm. and they presented the very bright court mm-hmm. um, and they had an Xbox activation. And so then... This season, they've done another activation with Xbox, but also Barbie at the same time. Mm-hmm. So their fans won like pink Barbie themed Xboxes and controllers. And I think there was some sort of advert for a, a race car video game alongside the different Barbie cars. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, and there were there was pink all over the Jumbotron. And but the one thing I didn't see is I did not see the Ken dancers. Wow! But wow. there was a video that was released um, promoting the collaboration mm-hmm. where Margot Robbie, the the star playing Barbie, mm-hmm. and Ryan Gosling playing Ken, mm-hmm. they they said in the video, you know, talking about the collaboration, saying go out to a New York Liberty game on. Today is Wednesday, June 19th. July 19th. July. Yes. It flies fast. <laughs> yes, we're in July, not June. And but I I thought that it meant something that the pre-recorded video from these two Hollywood A-listers, mm-hmm. they were talking about the WNBA. They were naming it. They were talking about the Liberty. They were talking about the Barclays Center. And that stuff matters. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the WNBA in the larger culture. 
and you have been wonderful reporting on this over a period of many years, and it continues to be significant. It's a thing that you can measure less in dollars and cents and more in almost vibes where you say, you know, how frequently are we feeling like the WNBA is a thing? As somebody who's been a WNBA reporter for a long time now, it really does feel increasingly like when I am in non-WNBA spaces, more and more of the time I'm hearing, seeing, feeling it. And it's significant and it matters for the league in dollars and cents. Bottom line, you're able to see it on the other side. I do, and maybe this is a good segue into the New York Liberty and uh, some of the frustrations that they had out of today. But is Skipper still a thing? Skipper was like the younger sister of Barbie. So let, let me just be clear. Mm -hmm. I did not <clears throat> play with Barbies as mm -hmm. a young person. Okay. I maybe watched, you know, how Barbie was portrayed in Toy Story. And mm -hmm. I loved that. And it was so campy. Yeah. And the reason I'm so drawn to this is I think Barbie the movie is fascinating. I can tell you, I asked Steph Dolson. I said, Barbie or um, Ammenheimer. Mm -hmm. And she said, Barbie. She's like, I will see the Chris Nolan mm -hmm. movie, but I will see it on streaming. She's like, I will go to the theater to see Barbie. Very interesting. I wonder, Barbie or Asteroid City for Steph Dolson. Maybe that's one to have as a follow-up conversation with her as well. Well, it's all good to know. And, and yeah, so no skipper, and that's very interesting. But yes, Steph Dolson, who unfortunately is still out. And the ramifications of that, I think, are relatively clear in what we saw today. I have that final box here in front of me. You know, Tierra McCowan was dominant for much of this game, you know, finishing with 15 and 12. And Tierra's really been uh, taking a lot of different defenses apart. But it does seem as if the Liberty, in, in a way that you didn't necessarily expect coming into this season, we talked about all their size, all their length, without Steph, without Han you are looking at a team that seems to have some trouble with bigger teams. Take, take me through what you're seeing and what the Liberty had to say about that. So essentially you are the Liberty right now are in a situation where they have <clears throat> one host player mm -hmm. coming off the bench. Right. Kayla Thornton is like a wing post hybrid and she is so incredibly useful and she has so much value but we've also noticed that while Kayla Thornton is so strong and she defends wings incredibly well, she can't defend centers and one-on-one. -on -one, mm -hmm. And she can't defend some of the most potent two guards. And so there are limitations there. Sure. And what we have been seeing is we've been seeing a rookie, a rookie, being the first player off the bench mm -hmm. when the starters are struggling and when Jonquil Jones is, I would say, 70% herself. W would you say that's an accurate? That, that, that seemed about right to me. And uh, this is my first live look at her in a couple of weeks. I was finishing up a book project. And that's about that was the estimate you gave to me. And I, I saw no quarrel with it. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, JJ has been doing – she's been – making threes she's been finishing yeah. at the rim but when it comes to finishing out plays being more aggressive asserting herself that's sort of where things slip mm -hmm. and you know there was a technical called on her this afternoon because she got very frustrated with what the officials were saying 
So much so that Steph Dolson, who was wearing Barbie pink, she <laughs> made it a point to go to talk <clears throat> to the officials multiple times, trying to get clarification, trying to understand an interesting little tactic and trying to get the officials to call the game more even. She was just there to have a conversation. Yeah. She was just catching up with the official. I loved it. It was like she approached it in like a very casual way. But you're right. It was it was a very significant moment. And it spoke to the Liberty, I think, looking for a need to change things. Now, all of that said is so interesting to me. We, we were talking a little bit off the air that post game, there was it seemed an understanding or at least an effort put forward by the players to say that this is not a big deal. You know, and, and again, you go back to it's 14 and five, but take me through, you know, kind of the way in which it seems like the team processed this loss on its home court today. Um, I was talking to, to Jocelyn Willoughby post game mm -hmm. and, you know, it was so fascinating because she had a great game today. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's look at, okay, it was six minutes and 14 seconds. Mm -hmm. And I know that doesn't look like a lot on paper, but being there in the arena, it was more of an opportunity than she's really had. Yeah. And <clears throat> she played pretty pivotal minutes. I mean, she was locking down. So at times she was on Arike. At other times she was on Satu. Mm -hmm. Then she was switched onto a walk. And she found ways to prevent them from scoring. Hey, listen, in a, in a game that they lost by 10, she was a plus three. So, you know, in just the pure, sim simple terms, that is significant. I, I don't remember this. Maybe you can remind me. What, where is she from? What state do you know offhand? She's from New Jersey. Oh, that's right. That's right. No, I, listen, I'm all for, not just for that reason, seeing Jocelyn Willoughby get more time. Uh, I was a little surprised to see uh, Benizelani not part of that close, closing lineup uh, down the stretch for the Liberty as well. I also, and just, you know, before we get into the win side of things, I just, the comparison I made to you, it, this team reminds me a lot of the 2018 Washington Mystics who put together an incredible roster. Mike Tebow knew what he was doing. Elena Deladon at the center of it, you know, essentially playing the part of 2023 Brianna Stewart. That team reached the WNBA finals, but didn't reach the true heights of what is one of the greatest offensive teams in the history of the league until 2019. They're halfway there. They have time to get there. But a 2018 Mystics outcome, reaching the finals, but not being in the same level as the championship team, which at this point the Las Vegas Aces have obviously been above and beyond, is a reasonable place to be, although they will have, I think, what, four chances to prove that wrong over the next three weeks? Yeah. Um, what, what I will also say, though, is in talking to Jocelyn Willoughby, mm -hmm. I said to her, I said, well, you know, how did it feel to be out there to really get an opportunity? And and she didn't really want to talk about that. She was really disappointed with, with how this ended up. And there have been games where she hasn't really played at all, but clearly she's, I, I watch her, her body language and her facial expression, you know, much more joyous. Yeah. And so that tells you a lot of things. It does. It, tells, it, it, it does. And, and it tells us about where that team is. I, I, I want to talk more about it. Uh, definitely getting to that in segment two. Uh, first, want to talk to you about the good people over at FanDuel. And over at FanDuel right now, you can take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first 
bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. You just bet $20 and you'll end $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to over-under to who you think it is going to be the first home run. All in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. So clearly seeing the New York Liberty together like this is significant after a loss. But to me, and this just boggles my mind, seeing what the Dallas Wings did today is next level. And so I just want to lay it out for our listeners so we have a sense of it. You know, for the Dallas Wings, if you come into the year, finishing top six would have been success. Finishing top four, and and I still believe this, finishing top four in Latricia Trammell's got to be coach of the year. I, I think that's where the line is for them but to see them right now with an opportunity having beaten both las vegas and new york they're the only team in the entire league that did so is impressive in and of itself and then we've just got to talk about the fact that they committed two turnovers today two turnovers that ties a wnba record two turnovers in a camp day game tiny caveat which is new york at times was not playing defense um i i I do think that and i think i wrote about this when i looked at how the liberty did when they played it was the mystics Mm -hmm. the sun and then the aces Mm -hmm. and something i noted was that you know in those in that stretch of games and even if you look more broadly, the Liberty are not forcing teams to turn the ball over. That's something that they aren't doing. I hear that. They've also played uh, 18 other teams, and no one else has forced just two turnovers or, or has, uh, has committed just two turnovers, number one. And number two, again, to do it, this was noon Dallas time. Yeah. And they come in here to have that attention to detail. And I was talking to Tierra McCowan about it. Mm -hmm. And she she focused on the fact that this is something that LT always talks about. And attention to detail is, if you think about sort of the success pyramid that Latricia Trammell puts out there, it, it is at the top of the list. And so that was significant in and of itself. But you also just had this team, no one was looking to mail it in today. Everyone gave them good minutes. Maddie Segrist was seven minutes and 16 seconds of focused energy, getting rebounds. Arike uh, Arumbawali talked about the fact that she feels like whenever she misses a shot, it's Maddie who gets the offensive rebound. And so there's a connectivity. There's the fact that Arike decided it was important to shout out Maddie in the postgame. There's the fact that every single player was giving her the, off of all-star break, the type of energy and the type of commitment to the larger team that mattered. And so I I hear you. I understand that this was not New York's best game. I am also not particularly panicked. 
I, I again, I think a 2018 Washington Mystics outcome in year one for the New York Liberty is a very solid place to be. I think I that is very solid. That's a you. WNBA finals team. Sure, but I was saying this to you off air. And so yeah. if you look at the Mystics trajectory, so in the next year, they win the championship. Mm -hmm. And they were able to do that because they kept a lot of the same core. And right. the salary cap and the CBA weren't what they are now because mm -hmm. this was before 2020. And so <clears throat> it's going to be a challenge for Jonathan Culp to- Can I just uh, interrupt very briefly to say the reason why it's a challenge, if our listeners may not know, is the salary cap only went up 30%, but the max salary went from 119.5 to 215 overnight. So it's important to note that that's what makes it harder to keep a star team together. But please go on. Yeah, I mean, the the Las Vegas Aces have implemented something quite interesting in how they've done this. They've had discussions with their players mid-season, getting them to buy in and to extend them before mm -hmm. we get to that free agency period. And so it's a really interesting thing that they've instituted. But of It's a thing that the Minnesota Lynch did throughout the 2010s. However, they did it under the old salary cap rule. So you're right. It's There's more sacrifice given up, assuming that the numbers are the numbers. And and at this moment, um, you know, Sabrina Unescu obviously has been extended. Right. Vandersloot is, is signed through next year. But there are a lot of folks who are going to be unrestricted free agents. They're going to need people to buy in once again. And, and again, I, to me... All right, you kind of play that out and you say, all right, let's say they're a WNBA finals team. Do I think that this is a group that will want to come back and do it again and take another shot at it? I think they have a real opportunity. There is a freedom that goes along with that. But listen, it is up to no differently than it has been before. It's up to New York to treat players the right way, which is what brought them here in the first place. And it's going to be up to New York to keep them. And so we will see how that progress happens. But I do. I want to go back to Dallas. Yes. I flat out asked Tierra McCallan. She's she took her Mississippi State team to the national title game two years in a row. Two years in a row. Uh, she came this close. Well, that's a whole other podcast about mm -hmm. the non-call on that scramble for the ball with five seconds to go in 2019. Be that as it may, Tierra McCallan's a championship caliber player. She's got playoff experience now. And I said to her, does this team have the ability to take it all the way? And Tierra would be honest. And what Tierra McCallan said was absolutely no doubt in my mind. Arike, same thing. She's got the championship under her belt. Things, we can beat anybody, is the way she put it. And we have proven it. So whatever we think about what happened here today, Dallas comes out of that extra sky high with confidence. That seems significant to me before you even get into the fact that I think it matters that they won, that they beat this New York team. It does matter, but Howard, you're talking about a college championship. I that am. That is a completely different ball game than a WNBA championship. It is. It is. And There's... so when you think about people on that team <clears throat> who have playoff experience, I'd say Natasha Howard. Mm -hmm. uh, Natasha's got championships under her belt, though. I mean, let's not forget that. But that's one player. That yeah, but for this, it's a lot of championships. She she had a habit of going to every new team, and every team she went to was going to the WNBA Finals. It started with Indiana in 2015. Sure, but she also came to the New York Liberty with that same experience. That's and 
I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you that Dallas, because of winning today, is going to win the WNBA championship. What I'm telling you is, and this is just, this is where I am. In my mind, the New York Liberty and the Las Vegas Aces are the teams that are plausibly going to win a championship in this league this year. And I really just, you know, if Washington, if everybody stayed healthy, that was a team that had an opportunity. And and Connecticut. Maybe. I, I did not see Connecticut as a team. And, and maybe to my detriment, and I could be wrong about it, but I did not see Connecticut as a team that had enough to overcome New York and Las Vegas, which is what it would require for a team to win. And now, say what you will about it's one game in the regular season, and it is, but the Dallas Wings have done something that would be necessary to win a championship, right? They've found a way to beat New York, and they found a way to beat Las Vegas. And so is that everything? No, but is it something? Yeah, yes. I think it is. And I will agree with you, and I will say um, a criticism that both you and I had of this roster initially Mm -hmm. was how in the world are you supposed to play at two different identities? And there was a huge issue in the Vicki Johnson years where how was Tier McCowan, you know, able to run at the pace necessary? Mm -hmm. How was she able to play at a high pace? Something has shifted, and the Wings have one of the highest paces in the league because of who Latricia Trammell is and how she gets buy-in from her players. And also... Attention to detail. Attention to detail. But she also, I remember after I asked her about that, Mm -hmm. once it was during free agency and after she had been hired, she said, listen, I look at that as a strength because we were able to adapt to our opponents Mm -hmm. and it gives us more versatility. And so at first I was like, "Mm," but they weren't able to do this, but because of the type of coach that Latricia Trammell is, this team has been able to use their strengths and weaknesses because the Liberty and the Aces are two teams that are built with modern post players. And so the advantage that the wings have is, we have an old school post player mm-hmm. who is bigger than all of your folks. Bottom line, Christy sides if the Fever made the playoffs, very good coach of the year candidate. Cheryl Reeve, if the Minnesota Lynch made the playoffs, <laughs> a very good coach of the year candidate. If Dallas is top four team, I think Latricia Trammell's got to be the coach of the year. Yep. And they made a really good case that they could do that here today. Uh, I want to thank all of our listeners for being part of this, Jackie. I want to thank you as always for being part of it. Make sure if you're not watching us on YouTube, on all your social media channels at classic JPOW, follow everything that Jackie Powell does. You will never be sorry. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. We have somebody who's been in this very room, Amanda Zowie B. No, she actually hasn't. She hasn't been in this room. That's right. She was never in the Liberty, um, Liberty Days at Barclays, which is really sad. That is very sad, but she's had a Liberty backdrop the way we were able to have today. Big thank you to the New York Liberty for making this quiet room available to us so we were able to get this podcast out. Um, Just to be clear, Jackie and I do not play for the New York Liberty, um, contrary to what you may have heard. So until tomorrow, I am Howard Magdal. And I'm Jackie. And we are wishing you a wonderful Wednesday. Thank you, as always, for listening to Locked On Women's Basketball. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. 